We're here in the economic war room, and I'm with my good friend, Rod Martin. I mean, this guy is an amazing guy. He's a kid from Arkansas. He's active in the Baptist church. He has a law degree. He worked for Mike Huckabee. He worked for Peter Thiel. He's a great friend. He was a part of the PayPal founding team. And we've been together recently at the Digital Texan Summit. It's one of the first summits we have at Liberty Hawk Ranch. He was, in fact, our keynote speaker and our thought leader. Uh, and the summit, we think of it as a solutions tank. It's not a think tank. It's not a do tank. It is a craft solutions and then go implement them tank. So, Rod Martin, welcome back to the Economic War Room. Very good to be here. Hey, so we were talking about the digital Texan. What's the idea behind that? Article 1, Section 10 of the United States Constitution allows states to coin money. Now, that seems crazy today, but that was perfectly common all through the 18th and 19th centuries that states or state-delegated, state-chartered banks could issue banknotes, but, but only... But doesn't it say they can't coin money? Ah, but they can if it is gold or silver. It has to be what, what we used to all know the term specie. It has to actually be 100% gold or silver or notes that are gold or silver backed. What, what do you mean? Now, when you say coin money, I think of this. That's a, this is a state of Texas. It's a commemorative coin, but it's a coin. So you're saying the state could produce ounces of gold, ounces of silver, mint them in a coin, and make, make that available? Well, it could. But it could also do something even cooler, which is give you what is in effect a receipt for the gold that's on deposit in the already existing Texas Bullion Depository. It could do that. And oh wait, even cooler today, because that receipt in 1880 would have been uh, basically like a dollar bill. It's a, it's a banknote. It is a note, which is to say a debt instrument, you hand this to the government of the United States at the time. You can't do this anymore. Thank you, Richard Nixon. But once upon a time, you could hand your dollar bill to the United States Treasury. They would give you back a dollar's worth of gold. Uh, states are also permitted to do that under Article One, Section 10 of the United States Constitution. But today, you don't have to do it that way. You could do it electronically in a form that looks a lot like Bitcoin. So it would be a digital version. Does it have to be Bitcoin? Does it have to be on the, on the blockchain and all of the things that cryptocurrency that make people's heads swim? No, it absolutely doesn't. It could be done in a way that is exactly the same as the way people use bank accounts or PayPal accounts now. You have digital dollars right now. They, they aren't technically the digital dollar in the way that Biden's executive order is speaking of. But they are, they're functionally digital. Most of the money that you have is not in the form of dollar bills. It is mostly ledger entries in a bank account or, you know, used on a credit card or something of the sort. And a digital gold or silver-backed coin that is issued constitutionally protected issued by a state could do the exact same thing. So there is a term, I pull out a dollar and I look at it and it says this note is legal tender for all debts, public and private. What does that mean? That means that while you don't personally have to use dollars if you don't want to, you, you could keep your money in, 
I don't know, yen or euros or whatever. If you're a vendor, you have to accept dollars if you work in the United States. You know, if I have a 7-Eleven in, in Texas, I have to take dollars. I have to receive those. If, I'm, if I have a mortgage in the United States, the mortgage company has to take my mortgage payment in dollars. And Article 1, Section 10 says that states may issue legal tender currency, currencies that must be accepted by vendors in their states, if they are 100% gold or silver. Okay, so I'm used to, everyone's used to, dollars. And we use dollars in our checking account, we use dollars with our MasterCard, we use dollars because it's ultimately paid in dollars. Those are kind of receipts for that. But the state thing, has that ever been tried where a state has uh, created tender of that nature, gold and silver tender? That was actually the norm in most of the United States for most of U.S. history. That effectively ended with the creation of the Federal Reserve System in 1913. But prior to that, it was perfectly normal for states to, to charter state banks that could issue currency, banknotes, um, backed by gold and silver. Now, that's in many ways not an ideal system, primarily because they didn't have the kind of electronic uh, financial infrastructure that we have today. And a state bank is certainly not as solid as the state itself. So in some cases you would have banks fail and people would lose their money. That's not really necessary now because the state of Texas isn't gonna fail. The state of Texas has this really cool thing that they invented just not that long ago called the Texas Bullion Depository. That was 2014. You could deposit gold in the Texas Bullion Depository and if Texas were to choose to do this, they'd have to pass legislation to enable this, but they could issue something we're calling the Digital Texan. And the Texan would not be keyed to dollars, it would be keyed to a certain quantity of gold. So call it a gram of gold or half a gram of gold. It doesn't really matter, whatever it is a certain number of Texans would be worth the equivalent amount of physical gold and it would be tradable like a currency. Now the coolest thing about this, the reason it's really neat, is that lots of people right now are investing in cryptocurrencies. They see the utility in that. What they don't get from that is the true function of a currency because The United States government treats that as an investable asset and you pay capital gains tax on every individual transaction. If you pay for a stick of gum with Bitcoin, you have a capital gains tax issue with the IRS. A legal tender currency issued by a state is not subject to capital gains tax. It functions just like the dollar. And that would be an extraordinarily attractive thing for many, many people who have discovered already the benefits of crypto. Well, now, the one problem, and we'll address this when we're going to take a break, we'll address this when we get back, but isn't the federal government going to be opposed to states having their own currency, and maybe there's, like, court decisions or something that will prevent a state from trying this? Let's talk about that when we get back. Okay, Rod, you told us what the Constitution says about a state issuing uh, legal tender if it's backed by gold and silver. But practically, um, 
isn't the federal government, didn't they give all this power to the Federal Reserve? Is, is this even possible? Won't the courts rule, no, you can't do that anymore? The federal government cannot give an enumerated power away. This is an enumerated power of the states. Federal government doesn't have any power over that at all. It could, of course, seek to amend the Constitution, but good luck with that. So, yeah, every state has the power to do this. Okay, they have the power to produce gold and silver coins, but what you're talking about are receipts. Yeah, basically receipts. receipts. Or digital receipts. Or digital receipts. But it's a receipt, not an actual coin. So... Are you sure that power is conveyed to the states? And bear in mind, when we're using the term receipt, we would say the same thing about a dollar bill True. prior to the closing of the gold window by Richard Nixon. Right. You know, it used to be that a dollar was a receipt for a dollar's worth of gold, and you could exchange it to the treasury and get back that much gold. The government stole from you. By, by closing the gold window, by making that impossible. But that is a debt instrument for a certain quantity of gold historically. Right. This would be the exact same thing. And to answer your question, no, this actually works fine because we actually have a Supreme Court case. This is settled law. In 1837, the United States Supreme Court ruled that this sort of receipt, which is to say a dollar bill backed 100% by gold, issued by a state-chartered bank in Kentucky. The case is Briscoe versus Bank of Kentucky, was absolutely equivalent to a gold coin in the same amount. So, no, we, there is no question this is settled law in the United States. A state or a state bank, you know, assuming the state allows that, and, like I, wouldn't Texas and I wouldn't encourage... Texas to have state chartered banks issuing currency. I, I would encourage the state of Texas to do this, but the state may issue paper money or in this case, digital money, which is way better, that is in effect a receipt for a physical quantity of gold. So if I buy you a coffee down at Starbucks and I pay for it with my credit card, Starbucks may not take Texans, but it takes dollars. Credit card company just does the transaction, converts the currency immediately just in like the same way. Just like I was way. in Europe using my credit card? Exactly. The exact same thing as if I have dollars and I'm paying American Express in dollars, but I pay in London. The, the Starbucks there gets pounds. I am paying American Express in dollars. It's completely transparent to the end user. What well, now? All right, so it's legal, it can be done, but why would we need such a thing? Isn't this a solution in search of a problem? Because my dollars seem to work pretty well. Well, it's the same problem that's being solved by cryptocurrencies in general. Now, a lot of people are in, involved in crypto because they want the appreciation of the asset. They're hoping Bitcoin goes to 250000 or a million or whatever. And it might do that. It, it very well might do that. But it could go the that. other direction, too. It's having a bad week. But, right. you know, but things go up and down. I, I'm not overly concerned about that. But the fact is that Bitcoin is backed by literally nothing. And there are people who would like some alternative to the dollar that is electronic in form that's more solid. 
And the truth is, over time, there's nothing more solid than gold. That's just reality. The, the rate of growth of the supply of gold is remarkably stable over time. Its value in terms of specific goods and services is remarkably stable over time. The fact that gold is now 1800, 1850, whatever it is this morning, uh, on the spot market versus the 400 or so it was when we went off the gold standard in 71, is oh, it's even lower than that. It's like thirty-five. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, well. Of course, the the official price. It but was by the end of the year, eighty-two. I think by the end of the year, it jumped up. There was there was a significant mismatch in the official price and the ultimate price. But sure. it doesn't change the fact that you're still able to buy the same stuff with the same amount of gold. I mean, it's amazing how how remarkably constant that has been. So. A lot of people look at gold as a good investment. The reason gold is frequently not that great an investment is it isn't actually monetized anymore. So every time you buy or sell it, you have a capital gains issue. It's not portable. It's not that usable. It's Nobody not can make change for right. it. I mean, it's, it's just, it's really in many ways a pretty poor investment, and yet in, in another sense, it's one of the best investments you can have. If you re-monetize it, right. backed by a state government, so it's not subject to capital gains, and it's actually divisible down to less than a penny, uh, whatever transaction you want, it's easily accomplished through the existing financial infrastructure. Gold suddenly becomes phenomenally useful and very, very attractive to a great many people. Well, I would suggest in terms of investment, maybe it's an investment, I think of it as money. And you read the Bible and the history of gold, gold has been money throughout human existence. It is a form of money. And frankly, that's where I would, do you want to hold gold or do you want to hold paper? You know, a $1,000 bill or $1,000 worth of gold, which, which intrinsically gut level is more valuable? Well, I have no issue with $1,000 of paper as long as it is redeemable for the $1,000 of gold, which was Good the point. history of money in the United States for most of American history and also in most countries for most of history. So, so why would we not do something like that? It's not a replacement for the dollar, but it might encourage better behavior out of a Federal Reserve, which has gone absolutely cracker dog on inflation currently. The, uh, the increases in interest rates we're looking at are a sick joke. That's not going to get us where we need to be, and, and nobody serious thinks so. And moreover, federal spending is insanely out of control. If you had a safe haven in an inflationary time, it would help everybody, but I'll tell you who it would really help, and this is why it's a perfect project for Texas. The people most hurt by inflation are always the poor. Because if you're a little bit better off, it's easy to stay ahead of inflation most of the time. You can invest in things that give you a rate of return that accounts for the rate of inflation. You, you can always get around it unless the rate is too high as it is right now, and so it's hard on everybody at the moment. But in normal times, yeah, you can stay ahead of inflation, but poor people really can't. 
Poor people don't have investable assets. They live paycheck to paycheck. Their money needs to be sound and it needs to be consistent. The Bible teaches that you're supposed to have honest weights and measures. Let me tell you how dishonest the dollar has been. And not just the dollar, every currency in the world. Since 1982, your dollar has lost two thirds of its value. Wow. All right, we're gonna need to take a break. When we come back, let's talk about how it benefits the poor. You know, Rod, when I've talked about this digital Texan idea, and we've talked about it for a long time, uh, the number one objection is, I'm poor, I can't afford gold, you want me to buy gold, I can't buy gold. You know how hard that is, you gotta go to a gold dealer, coins or whatever. And so the average person thinks, I'll never be able to hold gold. I said, well, do you have a checking account? And they say, yeah, I've got a checking account. And they've got, you know, hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of dollars in their checking account. But they don't see themselves as um, JQ money bags with the ability to own gold. How will this make a difference? Well, I know you're phenomenally rich. So, you know, you may very well take and buy a billion dollars of gold and place it at the Texas Bullion Depository, and that'll be really cool. And uh, when you use your digital Texans down at Starbucks or, you know, down at the muffler shop or wherever you, you buy, um, if they take Texans, and remember, this is a legal tender currency. This is not Bitcoin. This is not Ethereum. This is actually a legal tender currency. So if it's a Texas muffler shop, if it's a Texas Starbucks, it's actually gonna have to take Texans. So they might convert it into dollars, but they might not. So now they have a quantity of these things. They thereby own gold. Every one of those Texans is a digital receipt for a physical quantity of gold at the Texas Bullion Depository. So now they own gold. If normal people who literally work for minimum wage and maybe don't even work full time and maybe they're on unemployment or whatever they're on, they can now own real quantities of gold. And easily. in the short, easily, without even realizing they are. And, and so it's not like they have to go out and buy gold and stick it at the Texas Bullion Depository. No, they're acquiring it by simply doing business every day. But now, it's not just stuck in a vault somewhere, or it's something they can use instantly. Exactly, it's completely liberated. Buy a movie ticket, soft drink, gasoline yes. for their car, so it's just another form of money. By remonetizing gold, which is money by definition, but by remonetizing it in a practical sense, literally everyone has something that has a permanent, you know, in this life, degree of value. Now, why does that matter? I'll tell you why, and we just talked about it. The dollar has lost two thirds of its value in the last 40 years. Now, the dollar is, is really a strong currency compared to the other currencies in the world, but that's honestly terrible. It is terrible. And if you can keep up with inflation and so forth, go to, through all these efforts that a lot of us do, yeah, that doesn't bother you. But again, the poorest don't have those options. The poorest are living paycheck to paycheck. If they're able to set aside any savings, it's in dollars, it's in a savings account, which is not keeping up with inflation. The government, through inflation, steals from the poor. It robs the poor all day, every day. And all the transfer programs in the world will not compensate for that. 
The digital Texan is absolutely a brilliant idea to restore economic justice to a government that constantly steals. And in doing so, I really think that Texas not only could do a lot for everybody in society, down to the lowest ranks, but truly it could set an example that would put pressure on governments like that of the United States to reform their monetary system. At least, if they won't issue a gold-backed dollar, at least stop inflating the dollar we have. Yeah, no, exactly. You know, we had some amazing people. You were a keynote speaker. You were one of our thought leaders. And by the way, it's so cool. Every time I introduce you to someone new, and I'm like, that guy's brilliant. We love having you in the economic war room. We're glad you're on our team. But we had former members of Congress. We had tech experts. We had crypto people. We had legislators. We had national security experts. We had payment specialists all in here. And we were all talking. They all seemed pretty excited. What were your thoughts on their summit? I thought it was excellent. First of all, if you ever have a chance to come to one of Kevin's events, you must come. But clearly, there was an absolute consensus that this is easily doable. This is not something out of the reach, particularly of the state of Texas. I mean, any state could do something like this. But Texas is uniquely suited for it. And Texas can strike a blow for sound money and sound economics that no one has seen in a century. It really could be a tremendous thing. And I I just can't stress enough, the long-term benefit of this is bigger than any short-term benefit. Like I said, since 82, the dollar's lost about two-thirds of its value. If you are poor and your money is in a savings account, which is losing value versus inflation, even in good times, forget right now when it's terrible, even in good times, a savings account is a terrible thing from an inflation standpoint. If that savings account were denominated in digital Texans, 100% backed by gold, there would be, versus the dollar, tremendous capital appreciation over time. So the poor, you know, we talk about the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer. This is a means by which the rich get richer and the poor get richer too. That is the greatest testament to conservatism and to conservative economics you're ever going to have. And Texas can pioneer that. And I really hope they do. And Texas would benefit from it. Tremendously, because... Texas would be in a position to accumulate Texans also, which would hold their value over time. So, you know, there would be a decent number of transaction fees and so forth, and I'm sure the state treasury would be happy with that. But 10 years out, 15 years out, 25 years out, the value of the Texans being held by the Texas treasury would be so much greater versus the dollar that it would just be staggering. It, it would usher, forgive the term, but a golden age in Texas. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you, Rod, so much. Here, here's what I learned from Rod while he was sitting here. By the way, I mentioned he was one of the founding team of PayPal. And you know, maybe we back up 25 years and somebody talks about you can pay for something digitally online, and he's like, oh, I can't do that. I'm, I'm poor. I could never do that. Well, we use Venmo and Zelle and PayPal all the time. What he told us and told our group is, for the average person, this is just another way to pay. It's got all these benefits, tax benefits. It's got the benefit of maintaining its value and so forth. 
but it really is simple. You can walk in and pay with a digital text and with tap your phone. In fact, there are services like Glint doing this now that are not legal tender. They're gold far away in, in Switzerland. They're not protected by a state, but it works and it will work. What I wanna share with you is this is what we do in the economic world every day. It's an amazing place. We craft solutions and we're working on something like eight of them right now. We're, it's hugely innovative. And the digital Texan is a powerful one. And we've got great, brilliant thinkers like Rod Martin helping us make it happen. We're building a community, an economic war room family. And the best way for you to be involved is to work with a trained financial advisor and stay true to this program. We train financial advisors right now online at Liberty University. You can learn more at nsic.org. And if you have an advisor, nominate them at economicwarroom.com forward slash advisor. What we want you to understand is that we're in this together. You can get a free economic battle plan at economicwarroom.com. It'll recap the episode and tell you what you need to be doing. Remember, what we see as a marketplace, our enemies view as a battle space. This is Kevin Freeman from the Economic War Room.